If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Explorinate Podcast. Welcome back to the Explorinate Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and joining me tonight is Jesse. Welcome back, Jesse. Great to be here. Great to have you. And Ben. Hello, Ben. Hello, Rob. Good day. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I'm great, man. It's glad to have you. I'm actually really excited to have everybody here. Yeah, this it's going to be fun. Nice little group here. And we have Ben. Oh, actually, we just talked to Ben. What am I talking about? We have Drexy. I'm not excited. I'm never excited. I'm excited. Happy Christmas. Yay, Merry Christmas and New Year's and stuff. And you sounded like, oh, what was it? Oh, you almost sound like Eeyore. Yeah, Eeyore, Eeyore. that's what it is. Yes. (laughs) We're going to call you Eeyore from now on. (laughs) I'm just tired. I just Mm -hmm. literally woke up. I forgot. I set my alarm wrong. I say it's Saturday when it should be Sunday. So you're lucky I actually woke up five minutes before the podcast, naturally. Lucky? Are are we lucky? And you, and you heard his voice there. It's Sean. Welcome back, Sean. Hey, Rob. How are we? Uh, we're royal now? Yeah, are you everyone, asking me? Everyone. Oh, how is oh, everyone? Okay. Oh, how is everybody? Hey, hey, good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, boys. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're, we're actually here in full force here to talk about the year that was 2023. You know, just that, that thing that we did this past year. And then we're going to talk about what we're excited about in 2024. Maybe even list off some games that made our top five list or some shit like that. And then like talk about games we're excited about next year. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. You sounded like Snake from The Simpsons just then. She takes premium, dude. Yeah, she takes premium, dude. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I was trying to sound like the uh, the turtle from, what is it? uh, Nemo. I thought you were doing Crocodile Dundee. Have you been drinking? No, no, actually I haven't. I think the rest have though. So, but you should be if you're not. While you're listening to this, you should be drinking because uh, you should celebrate. Unless you're, you know, sober. And then in that case, I wouldn't be drinking. So anyway, let's talk about 2023 because like 2023, you know, like I was looking back on it and we started to think about like when we started thinking about the show and what we we're going to do for the show. And I realized that for 4X games, 2023 was kind of lame. Strategy games, it was pretty good. But for gaming in general, like just, you know, every genre ever, it was pretty damn awesome. So. I know that because we've discussed this, that some of your like top games weren't even in the, the strategy genre. And my I don't think I think my top game was not in the, the strategy genre itself. So I'm I'm interested. So, you know, Jesse, kind of run us down. Like, what, what did you think of the year 2023? 
Uh, I thought it was great. All of my top five were, if you consider turn-based tactics to be strategy games, then all five of my top five were, st- were strategy games. Um, I thought there were some great CRPGs. I thought there were some great Forex games. There were some great, you know, just regular turn-based tactical games. And I just, it was just really impressive. Agreed. Yeah, no, this was a great year. At least a banner year for like just gaming in general. In fact, it, the, the the whole year just kind of like just knocked out hits like one after another. And you know, there's there's still a few good strategy games. I mean, like we yeah, I think the tactics games could be considered like strategy and the overall like you know hierarchy of of strategy or, or genres, I should say. But there were so many good games that I, I'm actually I'm interested to hear Ben's take on that too because I know Ben's more of a a grognard here. He likes to stick to the strategy genre. He doesn't really veer so much outside of it. What what, what do you think, Ben? No, that's not strictly true. Um, but pretty much all the games that I think that came out this year were good and not strategy games. Uh, but here's the thing, right? I miss, I kind of missed out on some of the ones that you guys are going to be talking about. For example, Spellforce Conquest of EO. Um, I bought it and played it a bit and was like, nah, you know, this looks okay, but I've got a million games like this, so I can't really be bothered. But people keep telling me, you've got to play this game, it's really good. You've got to play this game, it's really good. So yeah, that's that's on my to-do radar. It's the same with Baldur's Gate 3 as well. I'm just, the missus wants to play it over Christmas, so we're going to get a copy and we're going to play that together. And so I kind of, you know, I was just kind of lukewarm on both of them when they first came out, really, for various reasons. Um, and most of the games that I've been playing this year have honestly been stuff on like, nintendo switch because <laughs> since i started working at stardock i've been you know been playing galsiv 4 all the time and uh, i love it it's my favorite game that's come out this year but uh that doing that all the time i kind of just want to do stuff that's not strategy gaming and I, I just go back to favorites i just play conquest for elysium and dominions and uh, to be honest i think as far as 4x games was concerned this year apart from galsiv it was a real disappointment uh i don't like age of wonders 4 very much i think it's a good game but it's just not for me uh, it's just too balanced i don't like balanced games like that i find them boring so yeah i don't know it's just i, th- I thought it was a really disappointing year in that respect but in like out in other genres that we don't usually cover it i mean you know you had crazy games like uh, that new super mario bros game was absolutely ridiculously good uh also the new zelda game was absolutely amazing so you know there's like out in sort of console land and stuff there's been some amazing games but they didn't meet they didn't reach the strategy land in my opinion yeah, no, I think those are great points. And I'm interested to hear Drexy's take because I don't even know if he plays games. Uh, nah, not really. According to Steam, the top three games I played this year were Path of Exile. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> Shadow Empire. Well, wow, he's even doing his own drum roll. I love it. Distant Worlds 2. That was my top three games played this year. So, uh, yeah, I, I totally into, like, 2023 games, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth game was Master Magic, which technically came out this time last year. Uh, the only game I actually played, according to Steam, that came out this year is Ruled Away 3. <laughs> oh, and a bit of Galsive 4, which I, uh, I'm not into. <laughs> what, what game that came out this year? Rule the waves free. Oh yeah, you know, little talk to you power game. <laughs> spreadsheet, yeah. spreadsheet, ships and spreadsheets. Yeah, it's meant sure. to be amazing. It's meant to be really, it's really good. Such a good game. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, Bardo's Gate free as well. But apart from that, no. Um, yeah, this game, this game, this year's been pretty boring. So, <clears throat> what I did to try and get myself into a bit. Uh, get through my back catalogue of games is I actually just got a Steam Deck about two weeks ago. 
So I've been playing a lot of uh, normie games on that, which I'm actually quite enjoying. <laughs> Maybe it'd help if we ran down, we ran through some of the games that actually were released this year. I mean, uh, we should ask Sean first because you know we need he needs to have his turn. But after that, we should talk about some of the games, you know, the big games that were released and see what we all thought about them. Yeah, I think it's been a pretty decent year on my end. My problem is I've just been bouncing around so much and trying all these new games. I haven't spent a lot of time with a lot of them. And but yeah, there's been some bangers like you know um, we had Shadow Gambit like in the in the tactics sort of CRPG space. Obviously, you've got the big hitters like your Baldur's Gate and your Rogue Traders and that kind of thing. And then we've had quite a few games that have come out outside of the genre that have been really good too, like um, Armored Core. That was one that I played that was crazy fun. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's been a pretty good year, pretty good year overall. It's just um, I'm finding these days I have more less time to play them. <laughs> you know, adult problems. So. Yeah, no, I think it's been pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I think that, well, actually, I'm going to go with, with Drexy's take on this. I think that the deck has probably been my most played, like I, beyond PC, beyond anything else. I've played my Steam Deck more than anything, and it's helped me get through games. Like So I, for me, I I dove into Cyberpunk, which, again, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about a lot of games that really aren't 4X, but I will talk about a lot of 4X games, too. But my most played game this year, I think, was Cyberpunk and and certainly Baldur's Gate 3. I think those are two of the best games I've ever played. And with the Phantom Liberty expansion with Cyberpunk, it was just so good. I was I was so enthralled and I couldn't I could not stop playing it. And it, it actually runs pretty well in the deck, which helped me like kind of keep up, you know, like once my my wife and I were, you know, ready for bed and and she was passing out, I would just pick up the Steam Deck and play through a couple missions or whatnot on the on the Steam Deck for Cyberpunk and I really enjoyed it. And then Baldur's Gate 3 is probably one of the best games I've ever played in my life and I can't imagine another CRPG ever really kind of capturing me like that one did until Larian makes its next game. I mean, I'm hope I'm hoping that that they might. I mean, but it's just so damn good. I mean, before I would have said Mass Effect, probably Mass Effect 2 was my favorite game of all time surprisingly enough it's not a 4x game and now i think Baldur's gate 3 might have you know supplanted it usurped it so i think uh i think this year was great because you know when we talk about games we of course we want to talk about all the games and every genre but just in our genre itself i think age of wonders 4 was a very good game i think i agree with ben and that it's not like fantastic but it's still really great and i haven't played it much since the the game dropped really, but the newest expansion looks really great. I played it a bit when the new expansion came out. And I think that for the most part, the game is really darn good. I think that it's gotten better with time over the last few months. Hell, really kind of since it's released, but the last expansion and the the like newest patch or whatever update you want to call it, content update with it was pretty darn good. But you know, if we're going to continue on with like games that are kind of in the genres that we talk about against the storm, which is that like rogue light city builder that everybody loves and they're in they're you know, loving it for a good reason, because it's, you know, it's overwhelmingly positive. It has the second highest score on Metacritic for a PC game this year behind Baldur's Gate 3, which is awesome because it's, you know, it's published by our friends Hooded Horse and it's actually a really good game. I think it's fantastic. I've been enjoying it a bit. And then, you know, there's Aliens Dark Descent, which I think nobody expected to be any good. I mean, it turned out to be pretty damn good. I have enjoyed it too. And then, of course, Gauss of 4 Supernova, which probably is my... Four, well, I know, it's not probably. It is my 4X game of the year for me. It's definitely the... I mean, of the two, it being, you know, kind of pitted against Age of Wonders 4, I think Gauss of 4 is better. 
And especially with this last update version 2.2, which I'm sure Ben can talk a little bit more about here in a second. But the, the last update kind of like helped differentiate the base factions and like make their starting strengths a little bit more strong and definitely like push them in more asymmetric ways that I, I really genuinely appreciate. And on top of that, it also, you know, like fixed up the UI and made some really great improvements to a lot of other things and added a bunch of events and all this other great stuff that I think really makes the game stand out. And I cannot believe that more people aren't talking about it. It's just insane. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one that I think um, it's funny because I, I was just checking the reviews. I keep my eyes on these Steam reviews of Galsip 4 every, pretty much every day. It's important for us in the marketing team to kind of like figure out what's going on with it. And somebody somebody put, this game was great until those new UI improvements came in, but I absolutely hate them. They, they just, they're, they're just really, really bad. And now I'm going to leave a negative Steam review. <laughs> I was just like, this that kind of sums up what's going on with Galsip. Like most people seem to be really enjoying it and kind of, the game has put its best foot forwards now, I think, with version 2.2. But it, we just seem to get people just moaning about really, really small things. So it's kind of, we're never quite quite breaking into the very positive rate. It's not quite got to 80% on the recent reviews on Steam. Um, and the times that it does, it kind of, it stays there for a little while and then kind of somebody complains about a sound effect they don't like or something. So it's kind of hard to please people, I think, on Steam these days. And I think, I think Galsiv 4 Supernova required some criticism when it was released. And there was some stuff that, you know, it, it was still a bit loose, I think. And, uh, you know, and I think Stardock have done a really good job of tying it all together. They've been working crazy hours to kind of, you know, add all these features. So yeah, it's, it's in a much better place now. So people have kind of, you know if you've tried it and you thought okay this is okay but it needs work go back to it now now is the time because i do think that yeah the t- version 2.2 has really really polished things up the whole slew of ai updates they did as well recently have really changed the game for me because that was the thing that was bugging both me and rob i think was that there was some bugs in the ai that was stopping the, uh, the ai from being too aggressive and now it's way better and it's it's actually quite challenging again <laughs> so i found the game way too easy even you know and you know, I know the, in, the mechanics inside out now, uh, but or fairly inside out. But like you know, I was finding it too easy. But whereas now it's really challenging me, and so I've not wanted to play anything else all this year. Like I say, Rob Rob point, touched on this. Age of Wonders Four is a cool game, but it it doesn't quite do it for me somehow. The four X elements in it just aren't good enough. I think the tactical combat is brilliant in it, but it's not really my kind of thing. So you know, Gals, I mean, even even not as a Stardock employee, I'm gonna try to put my Stardock hat away, and you know, be brutally honest. I still think Galsiv Four is a better game because it, it's just a better four X game. Um, but those are the only two that really like hit my radar this year yeah no i i think i still think that galaxy 4 has some growing to do and i think you know it's wild to me that i i am yeah, just reading those reviews too and the the things that people are complaining about are just like oh it's just a it's just a barely an upgrade over three and I, that that's kind of criticism doesn't make any sense to me i just don't get it so well they've not played it you, you, the only reason where you you would say that is if you've not actually played it yeah and you know I, there are people who've like 50 hours in the game and they're saying that and i just think that yeah it's it's a it's a space 4x so it's kind of similar in that respect i guess it's a hex based 4x so it's also similar to galsiv 3 in that respect other than that apart from the diplomacy and maybe some of the ship designs i think pretty much everything else has been completely overhauled even combat which is something that you know people com- uh, complain about even the combat is pretty different now uh, and that's something that uh, stardock are working on right now i believe i think that's my you know brad's been talking about that in the uh, in the in the galsiv 4 discord talking every day about how he's you know you know he's got ideas for the combat here and there and this and that and we can't really talk much about it but that's certainly the next thing that's going to be changing and i think once the combat system is a little bit easier to understand and maybe a little bit more you know player agency in it i think it's i think it's going to be an excellent game 
I would say um, probably what they, well, what maybe a lot of people mean, including myself, is I think if you're just not into Gaussive type, the sort of hex style map type of game, then <laughs> I don't think there's anything Stardock can do to change your mind on that, really. No, I agree. I've never I... really been a fan of the Gaussive uh, series, so. I mean, I could see, especially watching your videos. I've mentioned it before. It's like, oh yeah, this sounds really cool. But for me, this the 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 gameplay is. I don't know. I just can't get into it personally. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's not for everyone. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I, the funny thing is that if we're talking about games that we've played, like we're just in this chat here, we're throwing down our most played games, and the my most played game is actually a beta that I can't talk about. I can tell you what game it is. It's Ara History Untold. But I can't really tell you much about that. So it's my most played game by far and away. I've got 164 hours in it. And it doesn't even show up in my like my like end of year review because it doesn't. It just doesn't. So I can't wait to talk about that. That'll be next year. So just you wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some coast beaters too. So no, 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 no. I can't yeah. tell you what they are. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm so special. <laughs> Jesse, I know you played Gauss F4. What do you think about it before we move on from there? Well, I haven't played it in quite a while. Um, I, I was playing it, playing it the week leading leading up to uh, when it you know exited early access at uh, Ben's suggestion. But yeah, I, my biggest problem was I found the combat to be mind-numbingly dull. So. You know, you you talking about the the work that they're going in, they're putting into the combat is is hopeful for me. And like when when you it reaches the point where you think it's you know crisp and exciting, then I'll I'll, I'll dive back into it. You heard it here first. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's one of those things really where you know the auto battler combat and re- really okay the way the Gal Civ really works is basically like the old Civ games. You bump into another, you know, you you bump from hex to hex, and then it does some dice rolls, and that's it. That's basically what happens. It's not supposed to be a tactical combat. And, uh, but they, because they put this kind of, you know, replay in it that shows you shot for shot what's happening, I think it kind of gives the promise of more than what it actually is. And so they need, I think, you know, just again, taking off my Stardock hat, I w- if I was the developers now, I'd probably go in and put in more detail. You know, I've, I've suggested to, uh, on the Discord, like, I want to see more interesting components and components that do different things. Like, at the, like now it's changed actually in 2.2. They've gone through and done a balance pass on it, and it's actually a loads better. But, like, on the game on launch, for example, you had about eight different railguns, and they all they did was, like, plus one damage from one another, you know, and very in minor changes in the mass. And it just, it, that's just not enough. You need, if you want, if you want players to have agency in an auto battler, then you need to give them lots of toys to play with, so that you can, you know, go through the battle and look at what you've added to the ships and you know the composition of your ships. And you want to be able to, see, you want the payoff, yeah, from from making choices that that actually won you victory. And you do get that, but you don't get it till later in the game. I think in Galsiv, it's like at the start of the game, you know, you're building fighters one by one. You, you know, so you, you okay? I've spent like ten turns building five fighters. Really, I want I want to see them built in squadrons, like batches of them, and then get carriers out early, and then you know have components that actually do different things. So you know, you've got rail guns, and then you've got you've got ECMs that stop missiles, but they don't stop lasers and that kind of stuff. Just so that you, even with the, the you know the smaller battles with just a few ships uh, by clever placement of components then you can actually you know you actually get more payoff and i think there is that in the game but it's just a little bit limited at the moment and i think they could do so much more even without adding any new mechanics just by making the components more interesting yeah uh stellaris you know for all the criticisms people may have for it does a really good job with that 
And if if they added, you know, a lot more, a lot more dynamism and uh, differentiation between the weapons, I think it would go a long way. I mean, like we're talking about auto battlers, right? Just quickly, there's a game. Okay, I was just looking at my uh, most played list on Steam just now, and. <laughs> The second the game number two is Conquest of Elysium, and it's a game I play all the time. The reason why that game's so good, partly because the combat mechanics are quite... They're, they're relatively simple compared to Dominions, but they're still quite complex in that there's a lot of stuff going on. You've got two hit rolls, then the strength has got to get over the, you know, the, the armor, you know, then there's kind of all these little, other little effects that can go off. The player is given a, a big tool, a palette of you know, things to play with, and... And then the other thing that it does well is it gives you tons and tons of different types of units, loads and loads of stuff. It doesn't give you any options whatsoever when you go into combat, apart from you can pick a few spell, like you can pick the spell choices. That's it. It's really quite minimal. So you don't get any choice. It's just army composition and occasion, you know, and picking spells. Other than that, you, you just watch them go. But because there's so much content in that game and the, there's, there's just so much variation of what you can do it's an amazing game it's just really entertaining to watch galsiv could be that good it doesn't need to be that complex in fact i don't think it should be because you don't really want that i don't think startup want that to be a game where you've got to read a manual you know 200 page manual before you can play it so you don't need it to be that complex but it's but you know eight different rail guns where it's just plus one damage and maybe minus one that's just that's not fun so yeah they, they uh, there's more effort that can go into that but i'm pretty sure that's what they're I think that's probably what they're going to be doing, you know, maybe adding some little bits of player agency in there. So yeah, the other big 4X game this year was Dune. I mean, I guess that's, I guess it's as close to a 4X game as you could be. I mean, it, what do you guys think? I mean, Sean, you've played it a bunch. What do you think? I mean, are you, would you consider it a 4X game? I think it's about as close as you could get to one without it actually being a 4X. Like it's, it's somewhere in the middle between like an RTS and a 4X. It's, kind of like a hybrid i think uh, yeah i don't know i don't really want to call it a straight out 4x because i'm gonna end up with everyone getting mad at me but it, it's definitely got a lot of similarities to one so no i think being like a hybrid kind of makes sense but that's sort of what Northgard ended up being too the predecessor and i know when it came out this year i initially tried to play it like Northgard because in that you can do your military conquest you know you can make your armies and you can buff the crap out of your armies by farming wolf dens or whatever and then you can go and smash your enemies I tried to do that in June and I got my ass kicked and I was just like, oh, you can, I'll try nuking someone. And then it's like, oh, you're a pariah. Everybody hates you now. And I found out it, it forced me to play in a very different way to what I expected to, which I actually quite appreciated. Like it was just like, you can't do a straight conquest victory. You, it doesn't work in this. You have to, you have to play diplomatically or you have to assassinate people or you have to uh, manipulate the lands rad politically or you buy, buy out choem or something like that like you have to take more subtle ways to victory which is something i really enjoyed yeah i think that's something that we really didn't get to touch on too much when we talked about it on the podcast that there's a lot of depth to your choice and it's it's kind of it's not there on the surface where you'd expect it to be like it's not obvious just how deep the systems can be and how me how much you need to kind of lean into them to play well and to do well and, and dune i i actually think that it's almost it's it's weird because there's so much going on and there are so many different systems like you know the like the ability to assassinate somebody or assassinate a, a you know a rival is pretty darn awesome but it's not really explained and a lot of those other different victory conditions aren't really like, the way the way you could kind of lean into different strategies isn't really explained you have to find out through youtube or you know some strategy guides or stuff like that and that's I think to its detriment because a lot of people like kind of play it and they're like, oh, well, this is almost an RTS, but it's not. And it's almost a 4X and it's not. 
And I think that people bounce off of it as a result because they just don't see where where the depth is and just how you know how exciting actually different strategies can be in the game. So I don't know. I think I still think it's a forex game. I think most people would consider it a forex game. I mean, you do exactly what you would do in any forex game: expand, you know, exploit and exterminate. And then there's also the the added diplomacy systems, and there is a tech tree, and it's pretty much exactly what you'd expect from a forex game. But I think that a lot of its depth and a lot of its strategic, you know, excitement and and you know the 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 different choices you can make are kind of hidden behind kind of just a, a really lame tutorial and really no explanation of the the systems themselves. So I'm with you. I think it was a great game. Yeah, I think it's it is a forex game, but it's kind of it's a bit of a weird one. There's some weird design decisions in that game that I think really work against itself. Like so, for example. It's a, you know they say oh it's not an, it's not an RTS so don't try and play it like an like an RTS uh, you know and they've tried to make it so that it's not about you know where your attention is but then they put in some mechanics that are like okay you can pay to have your your harvesters watched by a, a carryall or whatever it is you know the ornithopter sorry so it can be picked up when there's a worm sign but if you do that you get a big penalty to the amount of stuff that it produces so you are encouraged to actually watch it constantly and then you've also got you know you, at the same time you've still got to be multiply you've got to be, you know, kind of, you've got to be watching like your armies as well. So it is an RTS. And I, I found that really irritating. It's like they, there's quite a lot of weird, little weird game design things. The other thing was, I can't remember if I mentioned this during the podcast. I probably did. There's a main, my main takeaway from that game was just how bad the pathfinding was in it. So it's like, you know, it's just one of those, I want to like it. I think it's, um, I think the amount of ways that you can play it is awesome. And the fact that you've got to be aware of these multiple victory conditions all at once it's a superb game or it could be a superb game but it, for me it was just marred by some by some just dodgy d- design decisions let's move into our list because a, a, a bunch of us have made our lists of like their top games and i'm just curious to kind of like move into that and maybe discuss some of the games that are on people's top list and i know jesse jesse like keeps this is what i like about jesse he keeps his list throughout the year and he like kind of like adjusts it as he plays games and so i know for a fact jesse has his list ready yeah, the only question is how far down my list do you want me to go? <laughs> Just top top five, top five. How about okay, that? Okay, that's easy. Okay, so uh, you've got enough space for ten, mate, because I I haven't done one, so you can <laughs> you can have my five if you want. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just stick to five. I, I think you know, with all that we have to talk about, if I go much past that, it'll be the entire podcast will become much too long. <laughs> Okay, so my number one game uh, is, you know, a game that Rob has already mentioned as being, you know, one of his favorites and perhaps his favorite game of all time, which is Baldur's Gate 3. I thought it was a triumph. It was everything I had hoped it would be. It's clearly Larian's best game yet, and I will be surprised if another CRPG ever exceeds it. It's just exceptionally well done. I spent a ton of time with it, and I fully expect that I'll get back to it at some point. You know, a little bit, you know, once I, you know, my memories start to fade a little bit and, you know, I'm ready to reapproach it. But it was just, the voice acting was great. The story was great. It was, you know, the the various quests were good. My only real complaint is, you know, it, it got a little, it dragged a little bit in chapter three, but, you know, that's just a, sort of a general Larian problem when it comes with the territory. Uh, my number two was another CRPG. Um, and I know it's uh, a game that Sean was also fond of, and it is uh, Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader uh, by Alcat. I also think it's Alcat's best game to date, so that is pretty exciting. And I've liked Alcat's games so far. Um, but e- even with that, like if I were to write a Steam review of it right now, I'm not sure I would actually recommend it. Um, I feel it has it still has some big technical issues, which seems to be a recurring problem. 
with uh, Alcat Games and uh, also some balance issues that I really think they should work out. But it, it does fit together very well. The story is excellent. The little sub games that they tend to in- include in their uh, CRPGs actually are pretty fun and work well this time, which is great because I found them fairly tedious in Wrath of the Righteous and Kingmaker. Um, and I feel that in, you know, six months from now or so, may- maybe maybe sooner, it's, it's going to reach the point where it's just it's excellent and it's going to be something that every CRPG fan is going to want to play. Jesse, can I stop you yeah. quick? Sorry. I want to ask you a sure. question. Um, is the combat in it as good as in Kingmaker? Because I loved, I know most a lot of people don't like real-time with pause, but I thought that game was really good. And they've added a turn-based mode now for it as well. Is the combat in Rogue Trader anywhere near as good as it is in Pathfinder games? Because I really enjoyed well, that. I thought it was the, the Rogue Trader combat is 100% turn-based. There's no real-time with pause element to it. And I feel that has actually benefited the game because, well, I mean, I, I don't like real-time with pause. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to lean that way anyway. But I, I felt like with, with Wrath of the Righteous, which was designed with both real-time with pause and turn-based in mind, like it, it still felt that they were designing real-time with pause forward and turn-based was kind of an, an afterthought. Um, whereas, you know, this, it's the, the core elements, the core experience. And I think that uh, it has really benefited from that um so I, like i i believe that it's the best the combat's been but i'm not sure you're gonna agree with that considering you know you preferred the real time with pause that they had so well i like i like turn-based combat best actually but i i did enjoy the real time with pause version but i didn't try it with the you know with the uh with the turn-based so you know i'm, I'm open to i'm just open <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it's a lot of fun it has it really does have a lot going for it um, and I, I would just, like I said, check it out, but don't check it out right now. <laughs> and then my number three is one that, you know, you all were talking about a little, little earlier that I feel, I think I liked it better than probably anybody else here. And that's Age of Wonders 4. It was my most played game this year. I have like over 600 hours in it, which is somewhat embarrassing, but you know, it is what it is. I, 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 I liked it fine when it was first released, but I feel that each of the DLC, Dragon's Dawn and then Empire and Ashes, both like they really, really did a lot to help the game, both in from a content perspective, as well as, you know, the, the free updates they rolled out. And it was just, it, it, it's, it's really good. I really like it. Um, it's probably my number two 4X of all time behind Stellaris. Um, and I really am excited to see what they're going to be doing with DLC next year. And I really hope it's been doing well enough that they end up being able to release another season pass of DLC after they finish their current ones. Because I have a lot of ideas of what they could do. And I'm sure that, you know, and I'm not even like, you know, I'm not a game designer and I'm so I'm sure that they even have more stuff that they'd like to do and would really just sort of like flush it out and make it move it from like, you know, very good to excellent. Um, and then my number four is a game that I started the year beta testing. And I'm actually ending the year beta testing as well. Um, and that's uh Spellforce Conquest of EO. So I, I guess some people, I, uh, actually, I, I get it mixed up. Spellforce is actually three, and Age of Wonders is my number four. Um, but you know, people disagree about whether Spellforce is a four X or not. But uh, I just spent a really large amount of time playing it as well, and I really like how it sort of remixed the formula for four X games, uh, almost to the point where you know it's may, may not necessarily a four X game anymore, but a strategy game. But it's just it's really fun. It's really dynamic, and I'm I'm glad that they are working on new content for it. And then my number five was Jagged Alliance 3, you know, a pure tactics game. Um, I, I know some people reacted negatively to it because it moved a little bit too far from what they did with Jagged Alliance 2, but I never played Jagged Alliance 2. So, you know, I came with it to it with some fresh eyes and I thought like just its openness and, you know, just sort of like how they put together the battles and how character development works just all worked really, really well. 
to the point where like I actually prefer something like XCOM 2, which I know a lot of people have this sort of like as a benchmark for tactics games. Um, and they just released a free DLC for it. And I'm hoping it, it seemed to, have to do pretty well. So I'm hoping that means we're also going to get some actual content expansion, you know, paid content expansions somewhere down the line. And yeah, all five of these games, I loved all of them. I had a lot of fun with all of them. This was just a really great year for games for me to the point where I actually have a backlog, which almost never happens considering the amount of time I have for gaming. So uh, I, I'm just extremely satisfied this year. Right. So Ben, your list is what? Uh, yeah, well, my, my top four X game of the year is Galsy 4 Supernova. And even if I wasn't working at Stardock, I'd say that. I think, yeah, we, we talked about that loads, so I'm not going to go on about it. What else? I liked Age of Wonders 4. I don't love it like Jesse does. I think um, I I think I need to play the latest patches because I understand that some of the stuff that I didn't like about the game was you know was fixed. Um, but I've got a bit of an issue with with games just be, becoming what I call too balanced now, and maybe that's not the right word. But I like games that make you feel powerful, and there's a reason why that Conquest of Elysium and Dominion's Five, you know, Conquest of Elysium Five and Dominion's Five are still my top played games of the year, even though they're like you know several years old now at this point, because those games make you feel really powerful. You know, like you can come up against something, the the AI will throw something at you. And if you haven't got something that can deal with it, you're in big trouble. Uh, and, you know, you know, like you've, it will literally, like, it doesn't care about wiping you out in one go. It's not fair. <laughs> it is fair in, in the long, you know, like as a, as a whole, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't hold players' hands. And I don't really like, I found with Age of Wonders, nothing you ever really did ever. Well, I, I never really felt that any choices I was making in the game really made much of a difference to whether I was going to win or not. It was just like, what path to victory do you want to, to pick? And um, although I think the tactical combat is excellent, it's re- and it, as a, for a balanced game, it is really good. And I do love playing the battles in that game. I just did not, I wasn't, I didn't really enjoy this 4X side of it. I thought the 4X side of it was, again, just a little bit underbaked. And so, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Sorry, Jesse, do you want to talk? Yeah, I was just like, when you played Age of Wonders 4, how, how like far and deep into the game did you get? Because, you know, you can, you can do some like really powerful, really overpowered stuff, but usually it, it's, it's as a result of sort of like, how you build up over the course of time. It's more of like, you know, middle to late game as your combinations start coming online, you start getting some of the really powerful high tier tome spells, and then you can just start doing crazy stuff and seriously punishing the AI or, you know, the other players you're playing against. Yeah, I mean, I finished a few campaigns. I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I, I think I've only got about 30 hours in it. So I didn't really, I didn't stick with it that long. I think I'm, I've, I, pl- I probably completed about two or three maps. And then I did a, I did a let's play series on YouTube, which I abandoned halfway through because I just kind of I just felt like I was just ruffle stomping the AI right from the start, and it just didn't feel fun. And that was on a higher difficulty setting as well, if I remember right. I didn't put it up, like on the basic. I don't think so. Just I don't know. Like I, I think I just need to spend more time with it. And the problem is I just don't really have the time to dedicate towards it. Sadly. And so yeah, that was that was that. Um, what else came out this year? <laughs> this is the thing i think we i, I kind of need to i need people to remind me of what actually came out so that i can tell i like against the storm by the way i've literally just while we've been recording this podcast i've just bought myself another copy of it because i hate epic and we and i think i originally got an epic copy so i've just bought myself a copy because everyone keeps raving about it and how great it is now and we did a podcast on that game and i think we all universally thought it was great you know there was some issues with it when you know when it was in early access but it sounds like i mean you know 
you can't argue with that that overwhelmingly positive score. You can't like when games are overwhelmingly positive on Steam, they're generally good. Uh, so you know you can't argue with that. So I, I've just bought a copy for my missus as well because she loves City Builders. So you know I get you know I'll, if that if that's like a game that released this year, I guess I can put that in my list. I don't know. I just I, I haven't I've not really been on it with four X games really. So I just kind of play to favourites. I'm going to pass it to someone else because I ain't got much more to say. <laughs> I'll go because I'll be. Pretty quick, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I kind of bounced off Age of Wonders. Um, similar sort of thing with the previous one, which was, I can't remember, the space one. <laughs> I think uh, I've got to a point where I find the, the it, I mean, it's it's really, the combat is really good. And I've always praised uh, Age of Wonders free for the combat. But I think I've got to the point where I find the combat almost takes me out of strategic play of the game because it takes so long. <laughs> That's, my yeah, that's an age-old issue. problem with the game, isn't it? It's always yeah. been like that. I had that problem with Age of Wonders 3 too. Yeah, I think I'm just sort of over that. I, I, I have mentioned I'm just sick of all these games. We've got Galsiv 4 and Age of Wonders 4, and I just want something new and exciting, something that will come in and sort of change 4X for the better. Spellforce, uh, I, I didn't give it much time, but apparently it plays pretty well on the steam deck so i'll probably give that a go but for me i think i'm gonna say distant worlds 2 is the game of 2023 for me and yes i know it hasn't didn't come out this year but i think the improvements that have made that they made since release is the game is so amazing now and i'm looking forward to the next dlc but i think yeah all the patches and stuff it received this year and the dlc races which are absolutely amazing and i've said it i keep saying it please hurry up and upgrade the base races but it's definitely like okay okay, i'll call it the most improved game of 2023 is distant worlds 2 for me that's awesome though man like i've I've been waiting to hear that because i haven't had time to play it but um i knew that it would get good we all knew that eric and you know and elliot would pull that game out and make a good job of it it's just taken a while hasn't it yeah yeah uh, yeah, like like you said, keep saying they should have just released it in early access. I know Silverian don't do that, but they should have because it really needed that. I think you know, with the uh, community like telling them all the balance changes they want and stuff, I think it's really helped the game along as well as them bringing in an extra guy with the code inside. I think yeah, it just really improved proved that game a, a massive amount. And yeah, so <laughs> but yeah. I think that was it for 23, 23 games. Of course, yeah, Bowser's Gate was great. Uh, although <laughs> I kind of fell out and had an argument with my mate that I was playing my multiplayer with. Uh, we've patched things up since. but <laughs> So I'm going to be getting back into that in 2024. But yeah, do yourself a favour. If you hated uh, Distant Worlds 2 at release, go and play it now because it's awesome. Drex, did you see the outline, the uh, like the state of the game and roadmap? That they just released a couple days ago. Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. So their future priorities. Well, first of all, they're saying that <laughs> the great stuff is the current state of the game is that they're basically saying that it's you know it's shaped up to be pretty much it's much better at the beginning of the end of the year, but that the DLC has been released well and it's selling well, and so their next order business is to i think they're going to actually bring the humans and mortalin up to like the standards of the the rest of the dlc stuff first and then the buscara and xenox are going to follow on after that just to kind of like bring them up to speed as well and then 
they're going to continue to upgrade the base factions one by one to a similar level that the DLCs have seen their like factions and, and government gameplay differentiation asymmetry stuff that's going to start to, you know, kind of one by one fall this next coming year. And they're also going to do like a bunch of like quality of life stuff and, you know, so on and so forth. And then they have an expansion in quarter two, Return of the Shakturi. That's the, of course, you know, the in-game threat that has been in distant worlds for some time. So they're going to be presented. I guess that's also going to have more content as well. So that's coming in the second quarter of next year. And then there's going to be a third factions DLC with the the Wekaru and I think it's like the, oh, the took like the little space lemmings. So, and then they're going to start a bi-weekly public beta next year. So really good stuff. Honestly, it sounds like I, I'm with you. I think a hundred percent that they needed to release an, an early access because if they had released the game now, I think the, the response would be much different. So with the expansion though, I think that maybe there's gonna be a lot more heads that turn again and a lot more people like draw their attention back to distant worlds too and check it out. And I think that what they've done to improve like the quality of life of everything and the stability really a big thing and the, you know, the performance, all those being kind of shitty at the beginning and now much better. I think it's time to dive back in, and I'm really excited about them bringing the the base factions up to st- up to speed. So it sounds like they're going to start be- start doing that, like literally, like first thing in 2024. So very excited about that. January is what they said. January of 2024, they'll have the humans and the Mortalin up to snuff. So good stuff, great stuff, really. Distant Worlds 2 is one of those games where I really feel that it does not deserve the Steam reviews that it's got. It's, it's basically at 70% at the moment, so it's mostly positive. And I think that's really unfair now for the quality of the game that it is. You know, like even the last time that I played it, finally they'd fixed all the performance issues with you know swift or whatever it was with the you know the game engine they were using and that was what was really balking it. And like now they've done that and they've started part- tightening the game up. They've got that kind of that ridiculously complex system with the way that fleet and ship designs interacted with one another. That was just a nightmare for them to sort out. They finally managed that. Uh, you know, they've got the, what is it? The, uh, the tankers are actually working better now, you know, because the, they were just forever just flying off and doing their own thing or just getting lost or stuck. So all the little glitches, yeah. the annoying crap, basically they seem to have fixed. So I really, I, again, I, um, I want to play it more. I need to play that game more. It's my second favorite Space 4X, I think. Well, maybe my third. Um, but yeah, I think ROTP is probably my second now. But like, I think that you know more people need to play it and go and go and check. If you left it a negative review and you do like it now, go and give it a, give them a, give Code Force a thumbs up, man. Because I think that that seventy percent does not reflect the quality of the game anymore. Yeah, I agree. And I also just want to add to that something that's always bothered me, and it's something that I've been campaigning for for as long as i can remember is that they're going to improve the appearance of empire borders which are now they're going to add a thicker borderline at the edges of the empire to help distinguish it from any nearby empires with a similar color so it really needs that holy crap yeah no and i think it's it sounds like they're kind of trying to take like the stellaris approach to it which is like you know I, i think that works really well so if that's the case then so be it but i think that's something that needed to happen like 10 years ago and I'm I'm glad to see that that's something that they have very high on their priorities list. So, yeah, I think we really should do a, like a reexamination later on this year because it's come so far, and you know I I, I want to visit, so maybe let's, we'll revisit it soon. So, anyway, there's one more person that we can talk to about their list. Sean, Sean, are you still there, Sean boy? 
Shani? Uh, uh, what? Uh, oh, hey guys. Yeah. Hey, We're back. welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. Hey, hey, what what are your favorite games this year, buddy? <laughs> um, well, for starters, I feel like I should give Baldur's Gate like an honorable mention, even though it's not on my list. Like it was kind of it was good when I played it, like what I played of it. But then I was like, I don't have time to get into this right now. And I put it to the side. And because I have this bad habit of bouncing around, I just didn't get back to it. So it was good, but I don't feel like I know enough about it to put it on a list. So anyway. So I've got, a, I've got my list done up here. So my top five, I put June Spice Wars as number five. Uh, we've already talked about that one. I quite enjoyed it. Encouraged me to play it a different way than what I expected. Surprisingly deep with the mechanics and all that. That was cool. Uh, Showgunners, I've got as number four. Like the combat's fairly bog standard, like, you know, cloned off XCOM kind of combat. You, you move and shoot and that's it kind of thing. So but that was pretty standard, but it was what they did around it that impressed me. Like it just absolutely drips with theme like this you know dystopian future like gamer that movie with gerard butler in it kind of almost sort of thing like everything just sucks and everyone's just killing each other on a game show for money kind of thing so that was cool and like the open world kind of not an open world but like exploration mechanics in it was something different so yeah that's my number four uh number three alien stark descent as you said before rob way better than i think than i was expecting it to be and it really nails the theme of aliens. Like it's not, you know, you're not just running around and mowing things down. Like you are in genuine peril the whole time and everybody's freaking out because there's aliens and xenomorphs everywhere trying to kill you. And then number two, I put Shadow Gambit. Uh, so that's from Mimimi Games, which have unfortunately, I think they've actually shut down now. They put out their DLC and I think that that's it. But uh, it's got to be their best game to date, I think. And I've been very much enjoying it, even though I'm bloody awful at it. I've been playing, that's one of the ones I've been playing on my Steam Deck because I've also got one, which has actually been really, really good. Like, There's a lot of games I've played on the deck that aren't even been recorded on Steam because I'm not playing them online. I'm playing them on breaks and if the truck breaks down and stuff. So, yeah. And my top game was Rogue Trader, which I've been playing on my deck. I'm not as far through, I would imagine, as Jesse, not even close because I haven't had much time with it. But thematically, I'm finding it far more enjoyable than I did with Baldur's Gate or pretty much any other game I've played. Like I'm a bit of a Warhammer fan anyway, and this is dead set. Like you're the main character in a 40k book and it's thematically on point. Everything sucks. There's stuff coming out of the warp to kill you. Like there's no real good guys. Uh, I'm enjoying the combat. It doesn't seem like I, I kind of skipped Pathfinder cause it sort of looked a bit too complex for me to like to, to pick up and get into straight away. But Pathfinder doesn't, uh, sorry, not Pathfinder, Rogue Trader doesn't really seem to be like that and i'm really 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 enjoying it and i'm looking forward to spending a lot more time with it uh, i would like to note that before, when they announced rogue trader i was like why are they moving away from pathfinder this doesn't make sense but now that i played it i hope that they spend some more time making warhammer games either 40k or you know my hope is that they make a warhammer fantasy crpg you know as distant and unlikely that as it may be but i would really like to see another warhammer 40k uh, crpg from them yeah, absolutely. Because like that game, I've played most of the Warhammer games. I think the good and bad ones, and I think Rogue Trader does something that no other Warhammer game has done to date. It gives you a really, I guess, a really accurate, like in-depth look into the universe of 40k, and it shows you the interconnections between the character between different characters and like a background into a crazy character like a Rogue Trader, which I think is an extra, uh, really good onboarding point for someone who doesn't know the universe because they're a really unusual character for anyone who doesn't know what a rogue trader is um normally if you're in the empire and you do something like you go and hang out with aliens or you do anything that can be deemed as heresy or anything like that 
you pretty much get stood against a wall and shot. Like you, you, you're an enemy of the state kind of thing. Rogue traders, they're very successful traders with their own trade empire. And I mean, like when I say trade empire, they own planets and armies and ships and stuff like that. They're massively successful traders, but they also have a, oh, damn it, I can't remember what it's called now. They basically get a free pass from, from the governing, from the governors of systems to go out and explore and consult Xenos and obtain alien weaponry and gear and stuff like that and not be in trouble for it. So they have a, a very unusual amount of freedom within the universe and they're very interesting characters to particularly play at in a game. It's really interesting to hear it because um, Rogue Trader, was that was the original rule book that came out in about 88, I think, or 87. That was the first copy of Warhammer 40k that I got was called rogue trader and uh, so it, it it was like you say it's a great way to onboard people because it kind of th- it throws you into this part of the galaxy where it's all you're not just like in the depths of the imperium you are you know in this area where you're on the fringes so you get to meet all the aliens and it was it was very much as the original version of warhammer 40k the tabletop game was an rpg as much as it was a miniatures game it was very much a blend between the two and it's changed dramatically now i don't really like what warhammer 40k has become to be honest but um it's really really fascinating uh, so many of my friends who love warhammer have come to me and said man you got to play rogue trader it's just really well written they get it you know they just understand what what you know what the 40k universe is about so it's really exciting i know when jesse was talking about it before and was saying when you know if you want to play it to spare him on it is buggy and that kind of thing i feel like at the rate that you and i would play it well that i'm playing it right now we get through it very slowly, so I almost wonder if it might be worth you having a look at it now, because I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's uh, what the end of Act 3 and Act 4 that are the most broken, and it takes yeah. quite some time to get there, so yeah. Yeah, Act 1 and Act 2 are, are fine for the most part. You know, th- there's some talents that don't work, but you know, th- there's a lot of talents. You may not necessarily notice that or not, but it, it does. it's not in- to start really having problems until Act 3 or Act 4, I think. Um, so if you if you play slowly, hey, maybe it would be good to start now. <laughs> is it going to be as replayable as something like Pathfinder? Because that's why I was intrigued by Pathfinder. Not only is it like a bloody 80-hour game just to play one mission, you know, one campaign through, but it's incredibly replayable because of the, how good, how big and wide the character creation system was. Uh, I think so. I, I'm not sure if it would, it, would, it would be quite as replayable as like Wrath of the Righteous was, but I, I do think there's a lot there that you can explore in future playthroughs. I, I hit a, a roadblock in, at the end of uh, chapter four. Um, so I actually, before I got back into Conquest of View, I, I actually had restarted it and gotten through most of the way through Act One, you know, using entirely different set of characters, different builds. And um, for the for a first for me, I'm actually, I, I didn't really like Kingmaker or Wrath of the Righteous DLC, but it, it seems that a lot of people did it. Um, and they, they did uh, a poll earlier this year where they asked what people wanted out of DLC from them. And it sounds like the two DLC that they're rolling out is going to, you know, just have like a, a really nice combination of factors that is also going to really extend the replayability of the game. Right. So it sounds like we've wrapped. I mean, I guess it's my turn. Actually, now I think about it before. Yeah, you've got to get So I've kind of <laughs> you got to get. Yeah, it. I, I, I I touched it on a little bit, and and for me, Baldur's Gate three is like by far and away. It's almost. I mean, like, there's not a game that I've played in a decade that's as good as that game for me. So I can't. I don't even think there's a game that could possibly contest it anytime soon. I would I would love for a game to enthrall me like that one did, but I can't imagine that 2024 will bring me anything other than maybe a very close second, which I can't say which one it'll be, but there's a game that I've been playing a lot that I think will be very good. 
So, but yeah, the, 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 like the masses are right. Baldur's Gate three is a fantastic game and the production values are through the roof. The choices are amazing. The world building is fantastic. It's just, it's just a, it's a once in a lifetime kind of game, maybe a once in a decade kind of game. It's just amazing. And then I really, like I said, I enjoyed cyberpunks. Well, actually the whole version 2.0 of cyberpunk and it's revamped, like it's revamped skill system. It's revamped, like pretty much everything. And then it came out with this Phantom Liberty expansion, which just is just freaking great. The acting is amazing. It's way better than the base game. And I love the base game. And so I'm just really excited about Cyberpunk's future. And really CD Projekt Red's future. I think they've, they've learned a lot of lessons here. And they really came out the gate with Phantom Liberty and, and made things better. So what do you got, Drexy? I was just going to say, uh, one thing that's really great about Baldur's Gate 3 is because it won the Game Awards, all the PlayStation normie kids got mad because spider-man didn't win <laughs> uh, it was fun i was i was i watched some live reactions just because people were making fun of all these people and yeah they were so pissed off that spider-man didn't win and this this bullshit rpg that no one's ever heard of came and won everything and like man you don't you guys don't even know so yeah and then for me then then i think my third game of the year would be galsa 4 surprisingly i think that that's a huge turnaround considering that a year ago, almost to the date, I shit all over Galsiv 4. But I think the version 2.2 of that game is something I just don't get that people, I just, I don't, I truly don't understand where people aren't seeing the, like the merits of this game. I just don't get it. I, I mean, I guess I don't know if it's just because I'm a huge Forex fan or if I have blinders on or if I'm just not seeing something, but I just don't understand why people aren't talking about it more. So, and then Age of Wonders 4 comes in at a, at a nice 4. And then lastly, Against the Storm. I think it was a great game. It is a great game. And it's the only city builder that I have actually really enjoyed. And I think it's because it solves the problem of city builders for me. Because I don't like building cities and then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you don't really have any goals. And there's like, you know, like the goals are like get more money and make a bigger city. But it doesn't ever really feel like there's something I'm working towards where Against the Storm feels bite-sized enough that like every time I'm there, I know that there's a, there's a particular thing that I'm trying to set out for. And, you know, honestly still 50, 60, 70% of the time I don't win. And I think that's fun. I really do. I think there's a lot to learn from that. And the cool thing is, of course, there's a meta progression system and we all talked about this in the the podcast, but I just, the, the game itself is, is spectacular. And I think that against the storm is the single best city builder I've probably ever played. And I think that the overwhelming positive is very much deserved. So if you're into city building or if you're into anything that's kind of unique, like a unique take on different genres, I think that Against the Storm should be something you try for sure. So, and there's a few other games that kind of are honorable mentions for me. I think Interstellar Space Genesis 1 version 1.6 update was fantastic. It's worth revisiting if you guys haven't tried it. It's done a lot of quality of life things. It's added some new victory conditions. It's done a lot of cool things for it. And they've also went ahead and, and announced their third expansion coming to it, which I think is something that we should all be looking forward to because they're doing great stuff over there at Praxis Games. And then I'm trying to think, what else did I enjoy? Yeah, Aliens Dark Descent. I'm with I'm with Sean. It's a very good tactics game. It's actually really hard, and I like that. And I love the Aliens universe. So if you're an Aliens fan, I think you should definitely check it out. And then finally, I've 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 dabbled in Rogue Trader. I'm very much looking forward to being able to sink my teeth into it. But 
I know that's something that I, I need more time for. So I've actually had a lot more time this year to play games than I thought. So I think that, you know, moving forward, I'll have more time to play Rogue Trader. But there's so many Forex games coming out next year that I do want to get into that. In fact, that's what we're going to do. We're going to segue right now. Right this goddamn minute, we're going to segue. So I'm going to list the games that I know for a fact are coming off. Mm, uh, Hold on, hold on. I listed off the games that are coming out in 2024 that I was pretty certain that were going to come out in 2023. Dude, I mean, we've, we're looking at Falling Frontier coming out last year, and now it's 2025. You never know. Yeah, okay. All right, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, l- let's do this again. Let's, I'm going to list some games that I believe strongly that it will be coming out in 2024 based on their current development state and the fact that the developers and or publishers are stating that these games will come out in 2024. So we're going to surprise you with one, which is the re- resurrected the yeah resurrected dominus galaxia which is made by our pseudo friend jeff graw and he has come back to developing dominus galaxia he's saying that some of the roadblocks for him in order to finish it before was the art which now he can use ai to manufacture so he's going to use ai art until he can get sales to maybe make his own art but that's kind of part of what was well, it was. It was the big major hurdle for him. He couldn't pay the guy anymore, and he wasn't able to get a product that he was comfortable putting out out into the market. So he wants to go into early access early next year. Hey man, at least with uh, aliens, it doesn't matter if they have six fingers. So yeah, AI should be great for that game. <laughs> yeah, I you know whatever. Like I don't care if he's if he's if the idea. I think is that he wants to put AI art in there just until he can get the sales to like replace it, and you know I whatever. Whatever it is, I, I and if he might even be going back on that, I don't know. I just know that that's the case. At least the last time I spoke to him, which is a few months People ago, people have been really careful with that. Like Vic from Shadow Empire asked the community, he was like, "I'm considering putting some AI art in there because it will make things a lot easier and cheaper." What do you think? And I'm I'm on the fence about it myself. So don't kill, don't crucify me if you. And it's like I think a lot of people are really. I mean, you know, we were talking about this with Brad Wardell, and I'm on Brad's page with this. I just don't care. I think use the tools that you've got. Who cares? But I think a lot of people are very, very, very kind of opinionated about it, <laughs> let's say. So it can yeah. be a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I think some people use it in an, in a way that's not really okay. Like, There's a major court case going on in Australia at the moment about using AI to like scrape books and then using that to put together other books so they're directly ripping off people's work. <laughs> so I feel like stuff like that, yeah, there's something like 20,000 authors that had their works ripped off to produce these AI-made books. It's a big deal at the moment, but like people see stuff like that and they're just like, oh, that they get like that in their head. That's all it is rather than just being used as a force multiplier. If you're a really small studio that can't do all this stuff yourself. So, I mean, if he wants to do it, yeah, but I don't know. I'd be pretty careful about it because he might run into trouble. I don't know. Right. I think, I think, I think what he's doing and I think, I mean, I, I'm the first one to complain or, you know, criticize. So if, if, if I'm not really criticizing here, I think that's saying something. But I think his idea is actually okay with me. Like, if he's just going to use AI as placeholder until he can afford the, you know, until he can get enough sales to, you know, afford to make his own, I think that's totally fine. If he wants to get, you know, basically like a, a working game out there that has placeholder art that's done by AI so that the game feels cohesive and all that stuff, then I'm good with that. I just, you know, and I personally... I see, I don't want to get too much into this. I don't, it's the, the debate of 2023 probably, but you know, the whole, I, 
if, if something is scraping my art along with thousands of other artists art to create its own art, I see where their problem is. Right. Like it's, but I just, I also kind of see, you know, the value of someone like an AI or I'm sorry, the, like a solo developer using AI art. I just, I don't really see why people would be on like, you know, I don't know why they would even care because if you're a solo dev and you can't afford an artist and you're trying to make a video game, then who gives a shit? But that's my opinion. So we're going to move on before I piss off people. Our uh, history untold made by oxide studios and actually funded by Microsoft. That game is absolutely coming out in 2024. It's, very much close to being ready. It's coming along very well. Zephon, I think that it's pretty safe to say it'll come out in 2024. They've had some really big demos. They've added a bunch of stuff into the demos lately. And from my sources state that we might be getting a pretty big demo again here in like early 2024 to kind of show off more of the gameplay. And it's shaping up to be pretty darn cool. Did you play the demos? Because I played the two of them, I think, and... I don't know. I was, overall, I was reasonably impressed. There's a lack of unit variety. But apart from that, I, I'm actually okay with having it be similar to Gladius, but better. I know we've talked about it before with the other guys, but if you've actually played it, then you'd have a different opinion. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think that you're spot on when you say that the unit variety is a little weak. And I also really want them to, like, if they're going to make a game that is truly 4X, right? Like, I just think that there need to be some sort of like gatekeeping a little bit with the rate, the way that you can go down the certain paths, right? Like you can either take on more of the alien feel, you know, like you can take more alien technology or you can go more of the AI route or you can just stay like humanistic. And I think that the, the, the thing I hate most about Zephon is that you can do all three if you want. And I think that that doesn't really feel unique or it doesn't feel, yeah, I just feel like it's not leaning into what I think could be Zephon's strengths. You know, it could be more like a Beyond Earth where you're you like you don't go down like certain like ideological paths and you're stuck there, right? You can't just like be you can't be like, hey, I'm gonna take some really cool shit from the aliens, but I'm also gonna be like, you know, uh kind of humanistic here, which is what you can do in Zephon right now. And I think that just doesn't feel right thematically. So I'm hoping that they fix that. But other than that, I think the the game itself feels great. It's a, a visual upgrade over Gladius. And the, the 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 diplomacy needs to be fixed too. Like it needs to actually exist. But I think that could be pretty great. Yeah, I, I played all the demos too. Um, actually, I, I first really started getting into Gladius uh, this year. Um, I didn't talk about it much because it wasn't a 2023 release. But I ended up buying all the DLC and you know dropped a couple hundred hours into it. But and I, m- most of my criticisms are the same as you all's. Um, I, I think the faction differentiation is just not there. Um, there's too much uh, intertwining. And I, but I, I feel that that's left me actually fairly not optimistic about Zephon because, like you know, it, it is just sort of like an incremental upgrade over Gladius. And what really stood out about Gladius in my mind was the faction differentiation. And without that, it just it I, I feel like it, lo- it has lost a bit too much. And unless they find you know some other hook or some other way to sort of like introduce that, I, I suspect that I'm going to find it to be an inferior game to Gladius. I was just going to say that I've I actually avoided the demos. I really hate time demos. I think 
the fact that Master of Magic released with a time demo is part of the reason why I went off it so fast. <laughs> oh, they they took that away. Just so oh, you know, the, the timed portion is gone. Oh, that's good. Okay, well, yeah, I, I should try it out. I haven't. I, I think part of it is that it's very much like with the beta testing. I won't beta test any any more games now for a while, partly because I work at Stardock and it's I don't know how allowed or sort of it's probably frowned upon. But the other thing is is that I'm just kind of sick of playing half finished games. So I don't. I want them to put their best foot forward because. I play so many games and I've got, there's some games that exist in my sort of gaming sphere that are such big bullies that it's really difficult for, for new games to get in now. I'm getting like that with music. I'm, I think I'm just getting old. And the older I get, the, the more I play to favorites and new, I find new stuff more difficult to take. So I'm kind of, I'm getting to the point with, you know, something like Zephon, I want it to put its best foot forwards now because I don't know, I've, I've not been encouraged from what I've heard. And it's a shame because it, I know the proxy can make good games because gladius is a corker you know it was our game of the year right like when it was released and for good reason as well it's just got better and better and better so i know that they're going to make zephon a good game and just i hope they just don't do what they did with age of wonders 4 which is kind of kind of mashed all the factions into this kind of like amorphous pulp and you know allow you to do whatever you want and kind of you know the, dif- the differentiation between things was what was interesting with gladius as jesse said and I'd, i think that if you, they lose that with zephon then you know it's kind of it, you're losing part of the game really i think the big problem with these demos is this so, they were so stripped back I, I just don't understand why they put them out it's really weird because they haven't got all these exciting uh systems that they spoke have spoken about it was just not in that demo and i don't know it was like a tech demo or something i don't know it just hopefully maybe the third demo i'm i'll probably like ben i probably won't play it but hopefully the third demo will show more because yeah they were just so stripped back it's like why are you even well, they, they have it? a third demo out already yeah it's out yeah the the third demo is out it they they added like a, a third faction and i think they yeah, I think Zephon is now actually oh demo four. My bad. There's actually the fourth. Can I, can I ask out. what what is the point of putting all these demos out? What what like what is their goal with this? Because I honestly feel that the, it, the, the from what I've seen of the community feedback, they should have just not done it. They should have just carried on working in the game and just because I I think it, they've turned it from a game that was like basically the most anticipated forex game out there into something that people are a bit like meh. I can't be good. I think they did it because it got delayed, maybe, and they just wanted to show people. Maybe I don't know. That's that's how I feel. But I, yeah, I think it was a bad idea, actually. Oh my god, how cool is this? We're actually on their page, on their Steam page, was up on that. Our our uh, our quote is on their page behind, right below PC Gamer. <laughs> so I feel cool. bad now because you know, like we we've spoken to them before, and I hope if they're listening to this, we're not we're not trying to shit on your game, man. I just don't like. I'm. I'm just a little bit. I, I don't understand why they did the demo thing. Maybe I think they're not with Slytherin anymore, are they? So I, I mean, I don't see why they couldn't just go into early access if that's what they wanted to do. Instead, like these demos. I mean, I mean, I have to try it. I'm speaking out my ass, really, and I haven't even played the bloody thing. So I don't mean to be like mean about it. But it, I've just from speaking to people who've played it, everybody's saying similar stuff. It's like, yeah, it's good, but it's like, eh, it's not as good as Gladius. <laughs> so you know, it's got to be better than Gladius. If it's not, then why buy it? I was thinking, having actually played it, I, I sort of feel like, okay, yeah, they delayed the game, and maybe this is 
a way of going, okay, here's what we've got. And then they're getting feedback on it and then iterating on that if they need to or changing things based on the feedback rather than going into early access. Because we talked about this a while ago when there was just, um, I think, Ben and Drexy and myself. And there was a game that got launched. It's it's an you know it's kind of a gamble with some of these early access games. Like sometimes they go through and they either don't get finished or they come out and they're completely different from what you backed. And this way, like you're getting to look at these builds that might come out like an early access, but you're not paying for them and they're optional. So if you want to, you can just skip like three or four of them and then play it six months later when they've added a bunch of stuff. So I I get where people are coming from where they're just like this is stupid, but I actually don't mind it so much. Because like, I'm not paying for it, and then when it gets near it, I can then I can look at it and see where they're at. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll mirror what Ben says. We're not shitting on the game. When when they when we interviewed them, and plus reading all their dev blogs, I've been so super hyped for this game to come out in 2023, and it didn't. But I'm just hoping the ideas that they've told us. I'm just hoping they'll be able to pull it off because if they do, this will be probably one of the best 4x games of all time. So. <laughs> I guess we have to wait and see, but yeah, I'm just not going to bother with the demos. I'm just going to wait for the final product and just fingers crossed it'll be as good as I hope it is going to be. Yeah, I think it will be. I think they have it in them and I think that they're probably going to spend most of 2024, 2024 making it a great game. So, and I, I really don't, I think based on the demos, I think that they're not that far off. They just have to fix, like really lean into the asymmetry and differentiation and and make things just feel a little bit more unique, but I think they can do that because they've clearly done it before. They've got a bit of a rival now with uh, Revival Recolonization as well. I don't know if you guys remember that one. We interviewed uh, the developer way back and um, kind of got like an early access version of the game and had a quick look at it and I thought, eh, this is kind of like 30% finished, so I'm just going to put this aside. I'm not the sort of person who can give feedback on a game that that's, unfi- that's that unfinished. But I've been hearing positive things and I'm just looking at the Steam reviews for the early access and uh, all reviews is on 85%, which is really fucking high for a 4X game, man. So I'm intrigued to see what this game is doing. Rob, have you been playing it recently, or do you know much about it? I haven't played it recently, but I mean, by the time that I played it, I realized that there were some great ideas. So I was excited to see what they could do with it, because I thought that they they had the right ideas, and they certainly could have leaned, could be leaning into the right stuff, and I hope they do. So if that's as high as, I mean, I, shit, I haven't played it since it first came out into early access. And now I'm wondering if I shouldn't revisit it if it's that high. I mean, it's pretty hard. You're, like you said, it's really damn high for Forex, especially in early access. It really is, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the same as Rob. I, I got it super early and it was, yeah, it was very basic. And I was getting all the emails and stuff, but and then I didn't hear anything about it for ages. And then suddenly, yeah. I can't remember. Was it Daz? Maybe we started talking about it the other day and <laughs> looked at the views. I was like, damn, okay, I need to go back and try this because uh, yeah, it's probably been like two years, two or three years since I've played this game. <laughs> it does look a bit like Gladius. I don't know, I'm just looking at the screenshots now and it's it's looking a little bit like Gladius. So definitely, um, you know, Zephon's got a little bit of a content, maybe a bit of a, a contender there. I don't know if it's changed, but I mean, when it origi- when I originally played the first version of it, it kind of gave me Endless uh, Legend vibes. So hopefully it's not like Endless Legend. If it's more like Gladius, then hopefully <laughs> it will be better. Well, it's actually, they said that they took some, I remember this from the interview. They said that they took some inspiration from Endless Legend, but it was trying to be, well, I mean, the game's actually a, a, like the third in a series. I guess the first two were on like mobile platforms, I think. 
but like they just you know they they did take some clear inspiration from endless legend but also they're trying to do some things that i think are really cool i mean like it's definitely it's not zephon it's definitely not endless legend it's unique and that it's not either of those and it's something it's something different it's it's very much a, a game about like changing the climate around you and like shifting like making the climate work for you because you you start off the game you know choosing a climate basically by choosing your first settlement and your first settlement has like a, a climate preference and you start to kind of like make that preference everything around you by dropping these capsules and stuff like that and it, it, there's a lot of it i i need to get back into it i, I don't really remember too i've played it a few turns or a few episodes i should say and i never went back i should try it and see what it's like so uh revival recolonization if you guys want to check it out it's something that's pretty cool so anyways that's actually on my list revival was next and then sins of a solar empire 2 that game is about i'd say 70 to 80 percent complete so i'd imagine it'd be a 2024 game played it, Rob. yeah i think it's pretty great i think that. Again, I mean, it's another game that I feel like people should be talking about that just aren't. And it's everything that Sins of a Solar Empire 1 was, but just better and cleaner and prettier looking. Anyway, so I'll finish my list here, and then we can talk quickly about what's going on in 2024, what we're most excited for, and then we'll get this thing done. But Songs of the Silence, that's something that you guys really haven't, we haven't really talked about, but it's pseudo-4X. It's definitely 4X-ish with maybe a little bit of Heroes and Might and Magic. The the art style for songs of silence is amazing i like, i've been playing the demo the i'm sorry not the demo the beta version and it the screenshots don't do it justice it's beautiful it's like this impressionistic art style that i don't think any other game that i know of has tried and it looks beautiful it makes the game stand out and the gameplay itself is unique in that it's real-time battles with cards but the turn base like there's turn based strategic stuff and then the, the battles themselves are real t- uh, real time with like you know card battling stuff going on and it's it's actually pretty cool it's not something don't don't let that turn you off because it's like way better and way cooler than it sounds and then alliance of the sacred sons which again is <laughs> i can't believe we're talking about this again but it should come out in 2024 and it looks like they've done a complete revamp of their entire user interface and user experience so i think that that could be something that works to its betterment and I'm hoping that we can actually see it in 2024. And then last couple here, Arkin's Heart of the Machine, which of course, if you know Arkin, they like to do some weird shit. AI War 2 is probably still one of the best strategy games I've ever played. And I've been meaning to go back to it because I've missed it. And I think the Heart of the Machine is something pretty unique in that it's like a city builder-ish, only you're like a murderer AI. I don't know. It's it's I don't even know how to really explain it, but it sounds and looks cool. It's an arcane game. And I <laughs> it sounds like yeah, an, it's an arcane it sounds game. like an arcane game from the guy who who made the game, what was it? If in danger hit escape to release Velociraptor. Release Raptor. <laughs> which almost sunk the entire studio. So <laughs> um yeah and then we've got Millennia, which is the new Paradox backed 4X game from C Prompt Games. And yeah, I there's also possibly a couple other games that may come or at least peek their head out in 2024 that I am well aware of and am playing, but have not been publicly announced. So I'll leave those to the imagination. And I'll just tell you that that list is pretty damn big and long. And it's full of some pretty exciting games, in my opinion. So I think 2024 will be an excellent, excellent year for strategy. And then we're not even talking about games like Homeworld. Three, which is a pretty damn big game, and 
there's a shit ton of other like big strategy games that are coming out this next year that could really change the landscape and, and make things pretty freaking exciting. I'll just quickly mention uh, Field of Glory Kingdoms, which I can't oh, talk yeah. much about. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's going to be amazing, man. Like, I, I still play Field of Glory Empires. By the way, you guys didn't mention there's a game coming out on January, January the 17th, which is my most anticipated game of next year by a long way. And that's Dominion 6. And uh, Dominion 6 is like... I'm an asshole. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry? I'm an asshole. Sorry, you're right. Dominion 6. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know you're, you're not a big fan, but like to people who like your winter stuff, this is big news. And um, the more we're seeing about the game, the more exciting it's starting to look because, you know... Yeah, these kind of updates that ill winter do to their games the incremental games you know so like you, you buy dominion 6 it's it's a similar it's pretty much the same game that you're getting from dominions 5 except with a whole load of changes right but the change like the quality of the game between conquest of elysium 4 and 5 was like massive it was a huge huge step up and dominion 6 is looking to be on that kind of level with regards to the you know the the volume of changes even though they are they look like small changes on paper. Actually, it's looking like the game's going to be changing in a quite a big way. So I'm super excited. Like I've um, Ill Winter, have, and they're going to give me a review copy as soon as one's ready. So I'm really, really excited to get my hands on that. I don't know when it's turning up, but we'll see. But yeah, Dominion Six, man, that's my that's my most anticipated game next year. All the other stuff sounds cool, but yeah, that's my that's the one I really want to play. Right for the record, Dominion's games between all of them, I've got over seven hundred hours in, and I'm not hyped for six again. I've I've got this problem where I'm just sick of these iterations. <laughs> I know that's a winner's thing. I'm sure they're going to do a great job, and I'm sure it's going to be great. And yes, I'll probably buy it, but I don't. Know. I, I'm just I can't get hyped about something that's not fresh and new. So that's fair enough. Oh, I think that's a fair enough point. Yeah. All right, we need to wrap this up. So I'm going to let Jesse list off his list because I know he has a list of games that he is excited about next year. So here, let's hear it. Let's hear it now. Now, right now. All right. So I have uh, two of them that are uh, in early access right now that are both full releasing in 2024. One of them has been in early access basically forever. Um, it's a traditional roguelite. Uh, it's called uh, Caves of Kud or Kud. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but uh, I know Ben's played it and enjoyed it. Um, and they have uh, partnered with Kitbox Game and games and they are uh you know gonna finally full release it next year i'm super hyped for it i already have 200 something hours for it in it i come back i play it at least a little bit every year and i'm really looking forward to dive diving into the the uh, final version of it number two is a game that released into early access just this past october i enjoyed it i played like 20 hours or so and i'm just you know i stepped back because i want to you know give it time to get closer to full release but it's uh Cyber Knights, and uh, you know, it just—it was really enjoyable. It was a great stealth tactical game. I don't even usually like stealth tactical games, but this one was just really excellent. It's crunchy, it's deep, it has basically—it's it's doing basically everything I wanted in a tactical build game. Uh, has really in-depth uh, character builds, uh, really cool dynamics, you know, storytelling and mission uh, generation, and I think it's going to have you know a lot to offer for tactical fans. Number three uh, is a game I, I think it was announced earlier this year, maybe in 2022. Um, and it's by the uh, Binding of Isaac devs. It's called Mugenics. And it's basically about doing all sorts of like random mutated cat reads and sort of like a tactical roguelike environment. I don't even really like roguelikes anymore, but everything that I've seen about this game makes it look really excellent and really dynamic and fun. Um, they've been releasing some dev diaries. And so it sounds uh, really cool. Number four 
is uh, a game by a small developer who makes SRBGs. I think it's, it might be just like a solo dev. Um, it's called King's Vein by Rad Codex. They've done um, their most recent game was Horizons Gate, which is a really fun open world SRPG style game. This seems to be a little bit more of a smaller story focused one, um, but I, I've enjoyed every single one of their games. You know, he he has a lot of uh, he built a lot of goodwill for me, and I'm really excited to play this one in January. And the last one is um, I, I don't even really know very much about it except that it's a hooded horse game. Um, and even though the developer is not listed as owned by Gravity, which did Spellforce Conquest of EO and uh, Fantasy General 2, our uh, representative from Hooded Horse on the Discord um, said it's, it's actually them. And that alone has me really excited about it because you know they're really creative, they're really great developers, and it's going to be a tactical turn-based game. And that, that's basically all I need to know. It's these devs, it's the my favorite style of game, so I can't help but be excited about it. Rapid fire, Sean, go. All right, got Broken Arrow, which we've already talked about. They got pushed again. It's basically like World of Conflict kind of thing. Demo was really cool. Terminator Dark Defiance. I uh, was in on an early build of that. Very cool. Damn, what was the other one? Broken Roads. That got delayed. That CRPG thing set in Western Australia. That looks really cool. I want to try that. Xenonauts 2. I think they just need to add like the last part of the story, so I'm assuming that'll be out next year sometime. What was the other one? Oh, End State. Yeah, that came out, and it's taken them forever, but they've done pretty much fleshed out like the core game of that, and I'm hoping from there they can add more content. I don't know if we're looking... I'm hoping maybe next year they could have it done, but I don't know. But anyway, it's cool. Yeah, no, I think that's my list. Yeah. Has anybody like to add anything before we wrap this up? Okay, great, great, great. Very good. Yeah, I mean, those are all great thing i mean all those games sound great to me i mean uh, i i'm surprised that i forgot about mugenics i think that mugenics looks pretty awesome the broken roads game looks great too so is it broken roads right i'm not right yeah it is okay yeah that one looks pretty cool too so i'm excited about a lot of games and caves of could or could could or i've been waiting for that to come out and it actually is steam deck verified which means i am absolutely picking that up because i will play that on my steam deck which looks like a perfect game i the the fact that you can make like I don't know, like gunslinging turtles and shit in that game just sounds really cool. Have you not played it, Rob? Like, just no, I haven't. I've, I've been. It's been on my wish list. And fantastic I, game. I've never mate. played it. It's a, it's a roguelike. It's a proper roguelike, but it's like it's just a really good one. Super th- carefully thought out game. Really, really good. I think you'd like it. It sounds like a great game for the Steam Deck as well. Yeah, and yeah. they actually have an RPG mode as well. So if you want to, you know, not play it as it was originally intended, but you know, a little more low key version, you can absolutely do that. Uh, I'm gonna have to get it. Another game to add to my long, long list. Well, I think it's safe to say that 2024 could be just as good as 2023, if not better even. I hope There's it's a lot better. of games. Sorry, I keep interrupting because yeah. I'm just like, I, I hope it's fucking better. <laughs> well, I hope it's better for 4X for sure. I think for sure it will be because there's at least six or seven games in the genre coming out and there's at least one or two that have to hit. So I'm hoping. I think that that's... I mean that's definitely a pessimistic view, but I think that of the the the, li- the list that we we mentioned before, I I can't imagine one of them I know is going to be good. All right, like God damn it, I just want to talk about it, but I it's already good in beta. Aura, you're talking you know? about Aura. I can't say anything about what you're I'm talking, talking about. He's, he's talking about Aura. But I'm telling you that there's a game that I'm playing that it's going to be good. There's like there's zero doubt about that. Whether or not it'll be everyone's cup of tea, I can't say that. But I can tell you that the production values and the ideas there and the general way that the game flows is is doing exactly what what Drexy wanted earlier. He said that he wants a game that changes shit up and mixes with the formula to make the game and genre 
better as a whole. And this game does it. So I'm really excited to eventually talk about it in greater detail. The end. Uh, I was going to say real quick, like that's the list of stuff that we've got coming out. But if it's anything like this year, there's going to be a shit ton of stuff that just comes out of the woodwork that we didn't even know about too. So I think overall, we're looking at another pretty big year. It should be a good time. I'm excited. And we will certainly come back here in a year and say whether or not this was a good enough, this coming year was good looking back on it. So, well, hopefully we'll be here before the end of next year. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully you will. <laughs> I'm always here. <laughs> I might not be kidding. playing any games, but I'm always here. <laughs> but you'll, you'll have Path of Exile 2, and then we'll never oh, see yeah. you again, buddy. Path of Exile 2. <laughs> It'll be your game of the game year. Of the year. Yeah, here we go. Let's uh, go. I, I won't doubt. I mean, actually, I won't even blame him. It looks amazing. <laughs> so if it does end up becoming his game of the year, I think it might be close to mine because I love action RPGs and... Uh, okay. Anyways, we're getting we're getting too far into this. We're digressing, and we need to wrap this show up. So, this was Rob, Jesse, Ben, Drexy, and Sean for Explominate. Until next time. And ha- wait, actually, you know what? Before I go, happy holidays, happy New Year. Thank you for being here. We still appreciate you. I want to quickly report that Explominate was actually pretty successful, despite the fact that I've barely been really participating and that there's been a lot going on in my life. But in the quick little look at numbers, I can tell you that Explominate saw over 100,000 unique people to its website and that the, the, the channel is actually still growing. It's almost, you know, it's over 9,000 now, which is in, insane because we really haven't done much for like the last six months. So I want to thank you all for your continued support of Explominate. I promise you that things are going to start to... Actually, I can't promise you that because it just seems like every time I do that, things change or something happens and I can't say... I can't do what I want you to do or what I want to want the site to do, but I can say that I will try harder. And, you know, the, that I do appreciate all the support. And we all appreciate the support. The Patreon, the the site, the, the views on podcasts, the views on or the, sorry, the, the, the downloads of the podcast and the views on YouTube, they're all doing great. So thank you, each and every one of you. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. And Drexy, what you got before we no, go I just off? want to send some love to the community as well. I think we've got one of the best communities out there. You know, uh, the Steam group, the Discord group, the guys that read the website, people who listen to this podcast, we love you. Yeah, I just want to say uh, Merry Christmas and have a good New Year to everyone because, yeah, I think we've got one of the best communities out there. That's for Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, another milestone we hit just recently was a 1,000 people on our Discord. So thank you for being here, guys. Really appreciate it. We couldn't do this. We wouldn't do this without you. And until next year and until next time, this is Rob, Jesse, Ben, Drexy, and Sean for Explominates. Keep exploring.